0: Land, you are set your dial once again to Combat Sports, the your first best and only all-encompassing Combat Sports Podcast. Boy, we got episode 44 today, and what a fun one it's going to be. Not only do we have all the amazing uh, stories and, and recaps and recounts and breakdowns from last night's incredible UFC Fight Island 5, we're going to have a quick recap of Bellator 248 Milan's co-main and main event Dre, famous drop of the night, our picks for Fight Island 6, some awesome Q&A with the Rhino Gang, and then an amazing 10 rounds with Rhino with my man, Johnny Hollywood Case, UFC vet, Ryzen vet, PFL fighter, all-around great guy, super fun interview, can't wait for you guys to hear it, so check that out a little bit later on in the show. So let's go ahead and dive right in real quickly, our Bellator 248 co-main, Michael Venom-Page Versus the undefeated Ross Houston out of Scotland, uh, Michael Venom Page got the unanimous decision. This one didn't turn out to be one of those Michael Venom Page highlight reels. It was a lot of uh, there was a lot of groundwork in this one. It was kind of a slower, slower moving type of a fight. But MVP gets the win again. Uh, then moving into the main event, check Congo, the longtime vet, guys fought everywhere. Amazing kickboxer against Timothy Johnson. Um, Timothy Johnson won by split decision chet congo i thought Landon maybe landed better strikes tim johnson also landed some good strikes had some good work up against cage good fighter uh, again this one wasn't the most exciting fight in the entire world but pretty cool that paris france now has uh pro mma in it so maybe there could be some cool cards moving forward so once again timothy johnson wins split decision over chet congo in the heavyweight division and mvp beat ross houston via ud uh at 175 so Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. I'm so hyped from Abu Dhabi. Fight Island 5 was last night. Let's go ahead and get right into our prelims. So, uh, yeah, some of these names were very difficult for me. As you know, I struggle, so bear with me. And I might even use some abbreviations. Uh, so, to gear, yeah, to gear, we're just going to leave it at that, uh, face Bruno Silva in the 125-pound division. This was a fun fight, man, a fun start. Beautiful leg kicks for Silva, a nice takedown for Tagir. Uh, Second round, Tagir got another takedown. Then they traded takedowns. Bruno landed some really, really viper-like, gnarly leg kicks um, against Tagir, but he fought through it, obviously being a tough guy. Uh, was able to kind of shirk it off and not make it seem like he was struggling, even though we all knew that he was to walk on that thing. Landed some nice takedowns, some nice ground and pound. Used the Dagestani handcuff a lot when they were in the on the ground. Silva man put out a good performance, but I thought it was very clearly uh, Tagir fight uh, winning the thir- the second and the third round. So great fight, really enjoyed it. Great one, a great way to start out the night. Uh, then moving into the one thirty five pound division, Tracy Cortez beat Stephanie Egger. Uh, Stephanie was a late replacement for Tracy. Tracy was clearly better uh, in all facets of the game. Lots of takedowns. She backpacked her a lot, was searching for subs. She did eat a really gnarly upkick from Edgar, which is probably her highlight of the fight. But Cortez just, you know, she took it, took it on the chin, literally, uh, and was able to regain top control. And, and again, it was the story wasn't too much on the feet. It was really Cortez on the ground dominating. Cleared UD for her 3027 across the board. Great job. We got a question about her in the uh Q and A a little bit later on. So moving into the 145-pound division, we got uh Giga Chicaze or Chickeze, I believe, versus Omar Morales. Again, this one was against two very good strikers, two very strong, uh imposing kickboxers, really uh are dynamic on the feet. Both of them. I watched tape on both of these guys beforehand. This one was a nice back and forth. Uh, Giga had some great body kicks. Omar just kept plodding forward, trying to make the fight, but it clearly it was Chikaze all or uh, yeah, Giga all day on that one. Clear, clear unanimous decision a, yeah, you get yet again for Giga on that one. So moving into the 135-pound division, we had Tony Kelly versus Ali Alakasi. Uh This one turned out to be strange, right? So Tony Kelly coming off of his great kind of fight of the night type of performances last time out against Ali Alikese. Uh This one, really, Tony was trying to keep distance and strike. Ali Alakase was trying to close the distance, put him in. He put him in some nice near guillotines, uh, get top control. This was kind of a striker versus grappler, kind of your classic matchup. This one ended up being uh, Tony Kelly winning by unanimous decision. Again, I thought it was very close. There was some drama and some uh, fireworks afterwards, which, again, we'll talk about when we get into the Rhino Gang. So, nice win for Tony Kelly. Uh, Eliella Casey put out a good performance himself. So look forward to seeing those guys next. Okay. So obviously I kind of went quickly through those first ones. <laughs> Cause I really wanted to get to this. Holy shit balls, dude. Impa Kasangade, who I was very high on and still am. Uh, as far as his potential and what he could become later on down the road at 185 versus, uh, Joaquin Buckley. Uh, some, first of all, the fight started with some outstanding exchanges on the feet. Both of these guys were hitting hard both of them throwing really really nice crisp strong strikes but then holy shit dude Joaquin threw a kick Impa I'm sure we've all seen it a million times Impa catches it Joaquin does a spitting fucking back high heel kick to or a heel kick to Impa's face that knocked him out on the spot his eyes rolled to the back of his head he falls down it's one of the greatest knockouts I've ever seen that you've ever seen that we've all ever seen. Okay. amazing. Got the 50 K bonus. Holy shit. I think we're going to be seeing that on the TL for a long time to come and deservedly. So great win for, for, for Buckley. I'm so glad you got the bonus. What an incredible thing. It's rare that we see something that you almost never, ever see. And, Gosh, what an amazing moment for that kid, and I'm really, really stoked for him, and I'm really glad he got the bonus as well. I really like Kasang- Kasangane, dude. I think that guy has a tremendous future at 185. He just he just got caught with an amazing shot last night, so look forward to seeing both of these guys come back. Uh, moving into the heavyweight division, Rodrigo Nascimento versus Chris Daukes. Uh Really quickly, 45 seconds into round one, quick KO, left hook, followed by a little bit of GMP, and then another left hook for Chris Knocked Rodrigo out, put him out. Another quick win for Cows. Fantastic performance from him. Uh, he's two and zero now, and he he really is looking to make some noise in the heavyweight division. Where besides maybe the top four or five, it's pretty wide open. So good on him. He was a, he was fun to watch. Uh, then moving on to Tom Breeze versus KB Bular, uh, the Bengal. Tom Breeze is an incredibly fucking strong striker. Okay, wow. For being a tall, lean kind of guy, and the ladies loved him, by the way. I saw a lot of that on the TR last night. Handsome, handsome dude. Uh, he hits with such ferocity. It was incredible. I was so impressed from him. His snapping jab was really the key of that fight. Just pop, 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 you know, really, really hard jab. He actually finished him almost. They knocked him off. The, the sequence began with a beautiful jab. Knocked KB onto his bottom. And fucking Breeze got a top finish with some GMP. First round TKO for uh, for Tom Breeze. What? That was very impressive. Uh, the problem with that was th- th- those two fights, both the Chris and the Tom fights, were good finishes. But, man, we had just seen something so <laughs> monumental, right? I don't think I I I don't think I gave them their due last night. But in watching them again today, yeah, really, really impressive stuff. All righty. Moving on to Yusef Zalal versus Ila Tupura which was, man, this was this was a coming out party for Topura. Youssef Zalal is a great fighter, and he has really looked great as of late. Topura shut him down in pretty much all facets. Zalal did a great job of of, of staying alive, right? But that's pretty much all he did was stay alive. Topura was absolutely the aggressor. Fabulous takedowns, fabulous top control, searching for sub after sub after sub, lots of chain wrestling, beautiful jits. I was really, really impressed with Topura, who gets the uh, decision on that one. All right, moving into the very quick one. Big Tom Aspinall out of England fought Alan Baudot. Uh, they came out swinging once Aspinall got a quick uh, got a quick takedown. he finished up with some GMP, very quick TKO finish for Aspinall. Like I said, dude, between, like maybe four and five and 15 heavyweight is wide the fuck open and Aspinall might be just what they need as far as being having a new star that they can promote on there the kid's big he's strong he hits hard he finishes quick obviously he's very hard on himself because he wants to perform at a really really high level every time he goes out there fantastic job for Tom wow (laughs) I was really impressed by the dude okay Moving by, back into the middleweight division, we had Marcus Perez, who dresses up like the Joker for the Wayans and the face-off against Driscus Duplicius, who I'm just calling DDP, and for all my 90s wrestling fans, you'll know the reference. Big shout-out to DDP. Man, they, they, Marcus was stalking him, and Driscus was kind of doing the uh, counter action. He tried some a couple of nice techniques, and then bang, hit him with a beautiful left, sh- left shot uh, with his left hand. Put, put Marcus Perez down, finished him up on the ground. Great first round KO or TKO for uh, for DDP. Looking forward to seeing what's happened, what happens with him next. Moving into my favorite, um, as far as the division goes, my he- my favorite heavyweight fight from last night, Marcin Tybura versus Big Ben Rothwell. I was very surprised, to be honest, with a lot of the uh, the visceral hatred reaction we got to this fight last night. I thought it was very entertaining. Obviously, I'm biased because I'm a heavyweight. I'm a heavyweight stand, But, dude, they threw a ton of strikes. No, granted, there wasn't any big knockdown or anything like that. But, man, it was entertaining. Uh, I thought Marcin Tybura's head movement and the way he was blocking Ben's Shots was really really impressive. I hadn't seen that type of defense out of him in a in a long time, if not ever. I do not, I'm not a Ben Rothwell fan. I am a Marcin Tybura fan. So I loved it. It was entertaining. Start to finish. Great win for Marcin Tybura via UD. Tons of strikes landed. I don't know what else you can ask for without having a finish, right? <clears throat> All righty. Moving into 145, we had Edson Barbosa, who's one of my favorite 155ers ever, going to dropping down yet again to fight Makwan Amir Khani. Uh, This was Barbosa. He clearly outstruck him in round one. Uh, Edson dropped him with a straight right, not once, but twice in round two. Uh, Really dominated again. Maquan could not close the distance and get and hold a takedown like he was trying to do. Barbosa kind of stayed on the outside, used his violent kicks. uh, And that straight right, man, that was the tool of the fight that really, really did the damage of uh, Maquan Amir Khani. Another great win by UD for Edson Barbosa. Uh, Maquan Americani, uh, again, dude, he's not going to take too, too big of a step down the ladder because that was a good fight uh, against a really tough guy at 145, so we'll see what's next for him. Uh, moving into our main event, dude, Marlon Marias versus uh, Corey Sanhagen. Wow, dude, Sandhagen had some really nice body kicks early, and then in the second round, Marias was, was staying in the pocket, trying to land his big shots. Corey was doing a good job moving, but then in the second, dude, another spinning high kick, beautiful shot by Corey Sandhagen on Marlon Marias. Got the fucking win. Marias went down. He stayed down. Got back up. Was okay, thankfully. But Corey Sandhagen, a beautiful shot to win the fight. I was so impressed with him. Um, what a big win. He's definitely, I think, and we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but just so I'm including this now. It should definitely be Aljo next for Jan, and then let's give Corey the winner of those two. That's, that's what makes the most sense. That's the right move. Great win for Corey Sandhagen. I, th- I still think Marlon is a top-five guy. At 135, but yeah, last night was all Corey, man. So good on him. Fantastic stuff. Now we are going to go ahead and give Drea, our feature player, a call, and then we're going to get her drop of the night, which might have the least suspense ever for any one of her drops of the night. And then our picks for Flight Island 6. So d Reigns, let's give Drea a call. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, now we're being joined by my feature player, Drea, who is going to be giving us possibly the least dramatic unveiling or reveal of the drop of the night from a fight <laughs> that we've had in a very long time. So, Drea, let's tell, let's hear about what uh what fight you picked for your Drea's drop of the night.
1: Well, as everyone already knows, last night's fights were full of finishes, and it was one hell of a card, but the fight that stood out and had everyone talking about it was Joaquin Buckley versus Ipa Kasangane. Oh, man, this fight was... Uh, It was a slugfest. The power they both had was just a KO waiting to happen, and boy, did it. Um, In the second round, Buckley throws this left kick that Impa catches, and then Buckley does a jumping, spinning back kick, landing flush to Impa's face, knocking him out, and falling straight back to the mat. Um, So that drop could easily be one of the best KOs I've ever seen, and it's definitely Dre's drop of the night.
0: Yeah, dude, for sure. It's got to be KO of the year. I don't see how that could be disputed <laughs> at this no, point. Um,
1: for sure. It's,
0: it's one of the five or six best I've ever, ever seen. Not just in MMA, but in combat sports, dude. It was just mm-hmm. incredible. I loved it. Amazing, amazing stuff. So that is this week's Drea's drop of the night. So we're going to go ahead and get into our picks. By the way, Drea kicked my ass last night on our picks <laughs> for the things. She beat me by three or four. And it was a, it was a complete ass whipping uh that she gave me. So great picks last week. So Drea, we'll see if I can get you back this upcoming Saturdays card. So we for see. Yes, ma'am. So for Flight <laughs> Island six uh for our for our picks, I'm gonna go ahead and get us started. I will start with Tom. I got Thomas Almeida uh beating. Oh boy, Jonathan. Is it just Jonathan Martinez? My handwriting is garbage.
1: Yeah, Jonathan Martinez.
0: Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's bad enough just to read it, but you can't read your own. You're in trouble. <laughs> so yeah, I got Thomas Almeida being Jonathan Martinez by unanimous decision in that one. What about you? Um, I
1: am taking Thomas Almeida as well. Um, but I'm going around two TKO.
0: Over Round Jonathan. Two TKO. Alrighty. Then we've got uh Matias Gamrot versus Guaram Kuta Hel A And I've got Mar. I got Mateus uh winning by unanimous decision. What about you?
1: I'm going same exact. Uh, Mateus via unanimous decision.
0: All right. Then we got my man, the James Kraus, fighting Claudio Silva. I got this one being a very close fight. I think it's gonna be exciting. I think this has a lot of uh potential for flight of the night. So I got the James Kraus beating Claudio Silva by a razor thin split decision, what say you?
1: Well man, we're like on the <laughs> same page this week. Um same exact pick. That this is crazy. We usually have it <laughs> right
0: yeah, we never know. Yeah we've split got decision as well. All right, cool. So then we've got Cyril Gain, a guy who's got a lot of buzz around him, versus um
1: Dante Delija.
0: Hey, I, said you
1: do I actually, first. I watched a couple of videos just to make sure I could pronounce that correct.
0: <laughs> <For> <laughs> so, <you. laughs> Ante that's a great job. <laughs> from, from now on, when there's hard names, I always take the bullet <laughs> and go first. From now on, maybe we'll have you do it. Hey,
1: you sometimes I'm wrong, too. But this one, I actually, <laughs> when I looked at it, I go, I really
0: don't know how to pronounce that. I'm Let not it never be said that Dre doesn't do her fucking research, right? I say, well, <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, but I definitely have serial gain uh, winning by first round KO. What about you? Um, I
1: actually took Ante Deleja. I'm going um Ante via KO round
0: two. All right. So that one hopefully will be a nice barn burner with big power being thrown. Then we got Caitlin Chukagian uh versus Jessica Andraj. I've got Caitlin winning by unanimous decision. I think her height and her reach and her ability to, to get rid of um Jessica's takedowns is going to be the difference. So I got Caitlin in by unanimous decision over Jessica Andraj. What about you? Feature play Andrea.
1: I debated back and forth on this one. I originally wanted to go Caitlin, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Jessica Andraj on this one uh, via unanimous decision.
0: See, that's two in a row that we're uh, we're a part of. So see, we All right, so <laughs> we got we got Jimmy Kruv versus Modestas Bootskowskis. and I've got Jimmy. The, I got Jimmy crute, which we always used to joke when uh, when he first started fighting. We would say, "Give me the Kruv, give me the Kruv." <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Notorious B.I.G. right there so I got give it the Crew uh, beating Modestus by second round TKO what's your pick on that one future play Adrea
1: um, I'm taking Modestus. actually I'm going to take Modestus. Mm, I wanted to say Bukakis but <laughs> I'm not sure if that's right um, I'm taking Modestus with a round three I debated KO or TKO uh, I'm just going to go TKO
0: all right, so then so we started out the same, and the last three we were different. So. Yeah, now we're different. Okay, now we're out. Of, yeah, now we're way off each other as per usual. So then we've got the big main event. We got the Korean Zombie versus Brian Ortega, T City. Uh, in this one, I'm for sure I, I, I would for sure went back and forth on it a lot, but I'm gonna stick with Korean Zombie beating Brian Ortega by fourth round TKO. What's your pick on the main event for Flight Island 6? Teacher play, Adrea.
1: I am going the Korean zombie as much as I like Brian Ortega and how pretty he is um, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm happy to see him back um, but no I'm I'm going the Korean zombie uh, to defeat Brian via round three submission.
0: We got TK. I mean, we got a submission for the Korean Zombie over T City. T City, yeah. who's named T City? I know he is, is, They're wow. both.
1: They're both pretty good. So I don't know. We'll see.
0: I am impressed that this is the this is the stance that you are taking on this. I yeah, that's incredible. So, uh, Drea has limited time today, so we are going to go ahead and bid her adieu, and I'm going to go ahead and shoulder the Twitter questions. So, Drea, thank you very much. We're joining us for your phenomenal Drea's Drop of the Night and your picks for next week's Fight Island. And once again, you kicked my ass this weekend on your picks. <laughs> we'll see if I can redeem myself next weekend. And thank you so much for joining us yet again.
1: All right. See you next week.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Now let's get into our Twitter questions from some members of the Rhino gang. Our first Twitter question comes from my friend uh, at Brat MMA. And she says, Hey, Rhino, I just have a question for the podcast about Buckley's KO. Um, I asked Juice the same question, sort of, but I'm looking for your perspective on how amazing it actually was. Like, on a top five list of things that happened in MMA, where does that kick rank? Well, Brad, hey, thank you so much for writing in that question, my friend. Um, To answer it, it's it's like, it's one of those things where it's definitely in the top five things uh, as far as striking finishes that I would say, you know, some other things that would be on the list and not necessarily in any sort of order, would be the showtime kick, obviously, even though that didn't actually knock out Benson. It was still the first time we ever saw that, and amazing. uh, Yair's last second upwards elbow. Um, or back elbow. I probably should call it, against Korean Zombie. Edson's kick on Terry Adam, which we'll talk about a little bit more in the uh, questions. Uh, George's flying knee to Askren. A- Anderson's front kick to Vitor. I mean, Shoni Carter's spinning back fist on Matt Sarah. I mean, these are explosive strikes that you almost never get to see. Um, so Buckley's kick is definitely going in the top five of that, without question. Nobody could tell me different. I absolutely loved it. Great, great question. Uh, I hope I answered it sufficiently, so thank you very much for asking, my friend. So, next one comes from my buddy Scott Nolan from Massachusetts, now residing in old, hot-ass Texas that I couldn't possibly stand being down there because I would melt. Uh, Scott asks, Morning Drada and Rhino, are you fans of how Connor and Dustin are publicly putting the screws to Dana? I personally feel like it's going to backfire on them badly. And we're setting ourselves up for a heartbreak, underestimating Dana's pettiness. Plus, the fact that I think he'll drag it out as long as possible before he can get money for Connor. But I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Love you guys, and hope you're both doing great. Well, we love you too, Scott. We are all doing well uh, over here on our ends of things. So basically, I definitely I'm, I'm one of these people who kind of tries to be an optimist, right? <clears throat> I'm hopeful that we get to see Connor versus Dustin. Uh, at some point, hopefully soon, I know Connor said he either wanted it to be uh, November or December. I believe I, I really want to see that fight. I know that they, uh, th- that when they got on Twitter, they were kind of talking about doing it outside of the UFC for charity. I'm pretty sure that was just kind of a power play. I don't know for a fact that just my thoughts on it to kind of, you know, maybe force Dana's hand a little bit. Dana does not react well to those type of situations as I know. But I think being the businessman that he is, he sees the want, he sees the need to, the, to you could boost numbers with Connor being another headliner. Dustin has gone on a great tear ever since, um, I shouldn't say tear because he's had some wins and losses, but he's looked great lately. I, I really liked Huston Poirier. I think it'd be a really exciting fight where they would stand up the entire time and bang it out. until one of them finished the other, I really think that's how it would go. So I do think we will get to see it. I, of course, I'm sure it pissed Dana off, but I think being the businessman that he is, he will at some point make this fight happen. And, and I'm looking forward to it. So thank you very much, Scott. Alrighty. Our next one comes from my girl, Shaylin at Shays MMA. Uh, what she asked for us is she basically just asked, what's my favorite KO ever? And I mentioned it very briefly when I was answering Brad's question. My favorite KO of all time is Edson Barboza's spinning uh, back kick to Terry Adam. This, The force that it landed with, the the way that Terry completely locked up, right, the way that he fell backwards like a zombie, it was so incredible. I had never seen a kick like that before. Everybody knows that I talk about her all the time is that, you know, I was a pro boxer. So the things about MMA that I love are some of the things that are non-boxing related at all, right? Some of the beautiful kicks, some of the beautiful knees, some of the beautiful elbows, uh some of the takedown submissions. These are aspects of MMA, which made me fall in love with it, right? In addition to boxing. So when I saw that kick, it completely floored me. It was so beautiful. It was so brutal. I, oh my gosh, I still think about it occasionally to this day. So my favorite uh, UFC KO of all time is Edson Barbosa's spinning back head kick of Terry Adam. Holy smokes. What a great question. Thank you so much for calling or for writing in on that one, Shaylin. All right, so now we're going to go ahead and get into our voice questions. So d Reigns, I know our first one comes from uh, Dave Fretz, our very dear friend of the show and inner circle member of the old Rhino gang. What does Dave Fretz for have for us this week?
2: Hey, what's up, Rhino? This is Dave Fretz. At Dave Fretz, not Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. It's late, man. It's 1 a.m. right now. Working on some packaging box art for another MMA bobblehead. Uh, can't wait for you guys to see this and to see who it is. Pretty exciting stuff. Anyways, amazing card tonight. Uh, never mind um, Buckley's KO. That was absolutely insane uh when is the last time you felt a card delivered like this like that was crazy um the whole card was just awesome was fantastic anyways man love to hear your thoughts nothing complicated right now just when is the last time you felt that good after a card love you man chat soon
0: peace Yeah, dude, the last card I remember that, like, stood out as one that I really, like, extra enjoyed. Because, to be honest, I love all the cards, at least somewhat, right? But I really extra enjoyed was um, UFC 239 from July 6th, 2019. This one had the Masvidal knee versus Astrid. Jan Blakovic, big win over Luke Rockhold. Uh, Nunes, head kick over Holly Holm. And then the great fight between... Uh, Marietta Santos and John Jones. So John Jones got really pushed to the limit. And you know, it was a great fight. And that car really stood out to me as one well. It was really fun. It was one of the last times I remember watching it with a big group of guys. <laughs> and then with the um with the Jorge Masvidal, fucking like, the and Askren, the entire house exploded. I'm sure I've referenced it on the show previously, but my God, like all 10 or 12 of us that were there all immediately erupted, and it was so fun. And then it turned out to be a really good overall card. So yeah, UFC 239 was probably the last time I had that much fun uh, watching the card, bro. It was awesome. All righty. So you guys have not already. Absolutely check out Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. I call him the Einstein of graphic design. The dude is unbelievably amazing. And stay tuned because he's got some pretty cool things that are happening in his world that he's going to share with us very soon. So stay tuned for that. All righty. Next comes from my boy Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast. Juice, what do you got for us today, baby?
3: Rhino, it's Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast. I want to know what are your thoughts on uh, Corey Sanhagen and his ceiling uh, and, and just sort of where he stands in the in the Bantamweight division. Because I, I know you're a big LFA guy and he came from LFA. Uh, ever since he fought uh, Yuri Alcantara, I've been a big fan of this guy. And uh, when he fought Aljo, I thought it was going to be his biggest test. And I thought it was going to be a very close fight. Aljo just went through him like a hot knife through butter. And I was really wondering how he was going to rebound from this. And so given how he performed uh, against Marlon Morais, I I just think the sky's the limit for this guy. Now, I favor Aljo in a rematch as well. Um, And I really hope uh, Aljo gets the shot at Jan next. But just curious to see what you think. I think... uh, Right now, Corey's in the top three. It's like Jan, Aljo, and Sanhagen.
0: Oh, dude, Corey Sanhagen is definitely dangerous everywhere. You're absolutely right. You're also right that Aljo deserves the next shot, okay? When Aljo went right through Sanhagen, I think he just got caught. I don't think we got to see the absolute, you know, complete arsenal on display of what Corey Sanhagen can bring to the table. Aljo is better than Corey right now anyway. Aljo went right through him. I'm glad that we saw Corey rebound from that loss because sometimes you take a loss like that, especially early, you might start to doubt yourself or kind of slip backwards as far as your progression. Not Sandhagen, dude. We saw him last night. He obviously is on point. He is sharp. He is improving. I absolutely think that when Aljo deserves the next shot against Jan, right, the winner of that, that's who should be the next play for Sanhagen. That's the only thing that makes sense to me as far as what should happen in the in the rankings right now and in the division right now? So yeah, dude, I'm high on Corey Sandhagen too, but not at the. <laughs> we cannot have Aljo be passed over for the fight. I know you want it. I want it. The vast majority of us want it. Aljo versus Jan next. Give Sandhagen the fight of the winner of those two. That's how it should go. Let's make it happen, Captain, Thank you very much, Juice. If you guys haven't already, definitely check out Juice at the Fighting with Myself podcast. He is a singer supreme. We love listening to him. Awesome, awesome guy. Thank you. Juice. All righty. Our third question comes from all oh, my dear friend G-Spot Gina from the Wocast sh- slash Shots Fired uh, pod. Amazing, amazing friend. I can't wait to hear what you have for us this week.
1: Good morning, Rhino. It's Gina from G-Spot MMA and from the Wocast. I have a pretty simple question today, and you know I love to gossip, so you know you know my page. But um, <laughs> what did you think of... Ali Alkwesi versus Tony Kelly. Can you explain to me what the hell went on with Tony Kelly after that fight? I'm still trying to figure out why he was so angry, what transpired between the two of them, and what is your impression of Tony Kelly's actions after the fight? I thought it was unsportsmanlike, and I was pretty taken back by his um, unsportsmanlike behavior because I saw his last fight, and I really loved his performance, so I was hella high on him, but to see him act like a dick has me like, ew. What did you think of his behavior after the fight? What do you think happened? Because I don't know what
0: happened. And what are your thoughts? And have a wonderful day. Yeah, gee, I couldn't agree with you more. Tony Kelly had something up his ass right at the end of that fight, or after the fight, I should say. It's, I don't, I'm not sure where that comes from. The only, the only thing I can kind of think of was his last fight. Tony Kelly's last fight was a stand up war, knockdown, drag out fight I'm guessing that that's what he wants to be known for. And that's what he wants to have when he's in the cage. Ali Alakasy, that's not him. That's not his style of fight. You know, he is looking to grapple. He's looking to choke you out. He's looking to take you down. He's looking to be on top. So Ali's not going to get into a firefight with you. And I think the frustration of being held down, of being put in bad positions, and then Ali Casey kind of being on his bike and trying to stay away and find the right angle, I think that frustrated uh, I think that frustrated Kelly to the point where he was overly an asshole after the fight and proceeded to talk shit and was saying, you were running the whole time and blah, 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 blah. I- again, I also thought it was poor sportsmanship. I think Tony Kelly's a good fighter. I think Aliella Case is a good fighter. It was just wasn't one of the, those kind of matchups where uh, Kelly's going to have somebody who wants to stand across from him and bang it out. It, just wasn't, it wasn't that matchup. And I think that's what frustrated him, and that's what made him – act that way, or at least put him over the edge of acting that way. Not cool. I didn't like it. I hope he realizes that was a mistake. We all make mistakes, and I hope he moves forward from it. Yeah, so that's my question on that one. Absolutely wonderful question, my friend. Thank you so much for participating. Uh, If you guys haven't already, absolutely check out the Shots Fired Cast. My Girl G, Mike, Kairos, uh, Chisanga, amazing, amazing show. I I definitely can't recommend it enough. You guys all check it out. Thank you very much, G. I love, love, love you, my friend. So, I know our last voice question comes from the big homie, Jim Asoon. Jim, what do you got for us this week, brother?
1: What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and Rhino gang. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, My question for you this week will not be that knockout of the year. Possibly knockout of the decade. Possibly best knockout of all time but that Yair one is right up there to me, man, because, you know I mean, that was a fucking elbow-to-the-head knockout to Korean Zombie at the last second of the last round. So, that's right up there as well. Anyhow, what do you think is next for Tracy Cortez? She looked pretty good there last night. I really do like her. As Mac Malley calls her, the MMA Twitter's girlfriend. So, what do you think is next for her, my man? Hope you can hear this in the windy day out today, but... It is what it is, kids. And you motherfuckers know it's always 420, right? Peace.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. Tracy Cortez, definitely she's ready for a step up, bro. I, I think we've got to go um, in that top 15 range. I'm talking Lena Landsberg, Macy Chason, uh, possibly Marion Renault, Sarah McMahon. Somewhere in that range, you know, that, that 8 to 15 range, I think she's ready for it. We get a lot of questions answered, not only from about Tracy, but about whoever she fights for being where they could kind of go at 135. I think it was very impressive. Her win last night, however, I really want to see her test her skills against somebody who's in that that eight to fifteen range next. I think she deserves it. I think she's ready for it. And I really want to see it. So once again, some of the names again would be uh Landsberg, macy chase on marion renault sarah mcmahon somebody like that i think would be the right test to see where she's at in her terms of uh her progression at 135 so jim thank you very much we're all sending a good thought prayer whatever we believe in uh for your dad to get better bro we love having you a part of the show you are absolute og and uh we all care and love uh, love you over here at cswr sir so thank you so much for asking that one all right so that's the end of our voice questions so before we get into uh, my 10 rounds with Rhino with the man, Johnny Hollywood Case, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, Rhino gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey. How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at k Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, kandrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call an order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhinos, proud sponsor. how hey everybody out there in podcast land. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to CSWR. As you know, I'm your host, The Rhino, and today we've got a very special guest, rising lightweight my man johnny hollywood case thank you so much for joining us sir
4: hell yeah man it's my pleasure i appreciate your time as well
0: oh dude i'm so stoked to have you on so dude uh round one of 10 rounds of rhino was almost always the same i love to find out the backstory dude i want to hear the origin story how did hollywood johnny case or johnny hollywood case as it were get into mma from the very beginning dude like what's the origin story
4: man so I, i actually i grew up in iowa and, uh, I, I, wrestled from the age of four, you know, I, I believe that's a
0: state law. I believe that's a state law in <laughs> Iowa is so that you have to yeah. wrestle as a youngster. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man, for
4: sure. So then, you know, I was kind of a wild kid, but by the time I was in high school, all I really wanted to do was, you know, fucking party and, and fuck girls and, and fight, you know what I mean? So I was like, huh, maybe this MMA thing has got a little bit of a, uh, a hook for me, you know? So I started, um. I went to my first fight and and I was kind of really intrigued, you know, and I remember thinking like, damn, I I don't know if I want to fucking fight, but I I definitely want to learn how to fight, you know. So then I started training and, and, you know, at first I got my ass kicked. Everybody was kicking my ass, but I just kind of stuck it out. And uh, next thing you know, I'm hanging with these guys who are, you know, not only not only fighting, but they're winning fights. And I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I kind of want to test myself a little bit and uh, took my first fight. I'm uh you know, a few weeks after my eighteenth birthday and and never looked back. The rest is history.
0: Man, that's awesome, dude. Uh you mentioned it about Iowa, so I'm from Michigan. You're a fellow Midwesterner. Uh what prompted the big move out west? I believe you're you're in Vegas now, correct? But I know you spent a lot of time uh in Arizona. What prompted the big move out west, dude? Yeah, it was
4: uh I, I it was basically just I like kinda outgrew I outgrew the area, you know what I mean? Like I I that I kind of was the best fighter around in the Midwest. And, you know, I wasn't really growing like I needed to, to get to the next level. And, um, uh, and it was actually miles jury. He was uh, doing a guest appearance at a RFA show, um, in Des Moines that I, that I fought on. And,
3: um, he, he, you know, he really
4: liked the way I fought and he wanted to use me in his training camp, uh, when he fought Diego Sanchez and he brought me out for that training camp. And, um, I decided to stay and train. And six months later, I got signed with UFC.
0: Shout out to Miles Fury. Jury who grew up like 20 minutes from where I grew up. So that's a fucking nice little connection right there. I'm Hell, yeah.
4: <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell Johnny,
0: yeah. Johnny, you have a winning record when you were in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. You have some really nice victories in there. What what was the reason for the the, the parting of ways between you and that promotion?
4: Business, fucking cold, cutthroat business, man. That's what okay. it came down to. It wasn't. It wasn't my fighting ability. It wasn't. It wasn't my marketing ability. It was the fact that I was with a manager at the time, um, who the matchmaker Sean Shelby didn't like particularly. Oh, um, okay. So I went. I went four and one in the UFC with the matchmaker of Joe Silva. And, you know, shit was awesome. Like the UFC treated me fucking like the best. They flew me around the world for appearances. Like, you know I mean? I was their boy. And uh, then I have and then Joe retires. Sean Shelby becomes my matchmaker. I lose one fight. I dropped a fight to um, I dropped a decision to Tony Martin and that's it. And they cut me and I was like, what the fuck? You know, like what's going on? And, you know, I was real bitter about it.
3: Sure. And not, only,
4: not only that, but the kind of the way that they cut me, they fucking kind of dick me around and strung me along for like seven months and was like, oh, well, yeah, you'll get another fight, but just stay ready and we'll give you one. And then uh, how I found out I got cut from the UFC, I was at the fucking the P.I. here in Vegas and I was getting a massage and the fucking doorman came came in and is like, what are you doing? Like, you're not on the you're not on you're not a UFC fighter. I'm like, dude, you need to fucking check your shit. And he's like, no. Sean Shelby said you're cut. You're not even in the UFC anymore. You need to fucking get out of here. So, that was a little uh, you know, a little disheartening the way I was let go and and the reason why I was let go, but um, you know, it it it's it it sense, you know, it it's worked out in my favor, you know. I've been able to Fighting the PFL, fighting Bryson, and and you know squat. Me and me and Sean Shelby have since squashed that shit. You know what I mean? It's not even it's not even a thing. You know I know it's not. It wasn't a personal thing. It was just fucking business. And you know that's that's the way it goes sometimes.
0: Wow, yeah, dude, what a what an amazing fucking story. And I'm glad you're right. I'm glad things have worked out the way they have for you uh, since so the subsequent departure uh, from the UFC. So, dude, you're only 31 years old, but you've had 35 pro fights. Uh, across lots of different organizations you already referenced the PFL the UFC Ryzen. do you have some sort of timetable where you see you do want to stop or just kind of like play it by ear you like like fuck if i'm still winning and feeling good i'm going to fight over 40 or is there some exit <laughs> strategy that you have already
4: yeah man i mean that's it like the only goal i have left is to win a world title you know what i mean like i want a regional title i want a regional professional title and you know my goal my my one goal is to win a, a professional title you know what i mean and yeah uh, you know once 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 my goals are tapped out you know what i mean like as long as i still enjoy fighting and i love doing what i do then i'll keep fucking fighting you know what i mean until i until i start noticing like you know maybe i start getting knocked out a little more you know? <laughs> like you know a ct is a real thing so i don't want to i don't want to be one of those guys that stick around and fucking and, and tarnish your legacy because you know you were just too too proud to know when to call it quits
0: yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Obviously, yeah, I had a shit ton of pro fights myself, and CTE is uh, something we've, uh, we've discussed on this show a little bit with some of the fighters that I've talked to, and it is, yeah, it's absolutely a real thing. You have, you, you have to look down the road. Uh, you know, this is just one small part of our lives, not the entirety of our lives, and you want to have a quality of life afterwards. So, yeah, I fully, fully support that, dude. So uh, getting onto to a little bit of a lighter subject, we've got to know where the nickname Hollywood came from. Now, true enough. You're a handsome dude. There's no way around it. You're a good-looking guy. You could probably be the uh, the face of an action movie here and there. But where did that name come from, my friend?
4: Oh, man. So I actually – so when I, I first started fighting, I was 18. And I used to have, like, real, like, long, like, like surfer kid hair, like, blonde hair, surfer uh-huh. kid hair. And my first two fights – my first fight was, like, a 20-second KO. I just came out and fucking bot put it on the guy, <laughs> knocked him out, highlight reel. Yeah. And the, the – Second fight was the same thing. The kid came at me. I fucking hip tossed him, mounted him, and just elbowed his fucking head to a puddle. And uh, so they, both those my first fights were just real exciting, real, real you know Hollywood fucking highlight reels. And uh, I was coming into the fighter meeting for my third amateur fight, and the promoters like, "Oh shit, here comes Hollywood!" Ah. And then every, everybody's like, "Yeah, that's it, oh,
0: that's yes, it, <laughs>
4: i was like shit all right i guess
0: it it is (laughs) (laughs) and here we are 13 years later and it's still there man i love it (laughs) Uh, so ryzen essentially replaced pride as the preeminent mma organization in japan uh you've had a lot of success there dude how did how did that come about like how did you get together with ryzen uh the promotion
4: man like so that that was fucking awesome, by the way, fighting for Ryzen. Like Ryzen is on, honestly. Like if, if it if it was financially the best, like I would never leave. You know right. I mean? But it's all about making money. So, but how I got signed there, I I got cut from the UFC, and uh, couldn't fucking find fights. And then uh, I ended up fucking snagging a, a last minute replacement for the first PFL season, um, where I actually had a draw with the the back to back current uh, champion Natan Schulte. Yeah. And, uh, but that was the draw. So I had had like one fight in the fucking two year and basically like two years because I was cut and I couldn't find fights anywhere. Um, and I had, and it was a draw, you know what I mean? So it was like, and then I would have had to wait another fucking six months or whatever for the next PFL season to start up. Um, and so there was a, there was a a last minute replacement fight for Ryzen. Um, I was like a week notice, like two week notice fucking fight. And, uh, and I was like, you know, I, I, I got to take this opportunity, you know? And, uh, I ended up taking the fight, um, against one of their bet- better, better up and coming guys, uh, at the time, uh, and, and just fucked him up, beat him up, broke his face. And, uh, rising was like, Hey man, we got a, we got a grand prix tournament coming on. And, you know, by the end of the year, is that something you're interested in? And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't say no to that. So. Yeah, that's and they signed me a contract and and that was that. And I will say, man, like I was kind of fucking, I was almost like at the end of my, I wasn't ready to call it quits yet, but I was like, man, I was kind of fucking like, is the juice worth the squeeze anymore? You know, sure. I can't find, I can't find fights. Like nothing's guaranteed. Like financially speaking, like I need to fucking provide for my family. So learning that new rule set with the with the soccer kicks and the head stomps and the knees to the ground and shit like that, like it really invigorated my passion for the sport again, you know, and it really made me another student of the game and and really just love martial arts and love training.
0: That's fantastic, dude. Uh, Speaking of that same region of the world, you and I were talking the other night. uh, I know you just got back from Korea. What were you doing over there? What was that experience like for you?
4: Yeah, man, I literally just got back to Vegas from Korea like an hour and a half ago. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I fresh off the plane, man. So uh, I actually, um, one of my former... Uh, teammates, the Korean zombie, um, had a, he's getting ready to fight Ortega. Right. And th- he normally does his camps, uh, at fight ready in Arizona. Um, and he ended up not being able to make the trip because of the COVID COVID-19 virus. So, yeah. um, instead of coming over here, he decided that he was gonna, gonna pay me and another guy to come out and, and be his main sparring partners in Korea. So, um, they told us that we'd have to quarantine when we got there. And I was thinking like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like the three, like me, my coach and my other teammate would be able to quarantine, work out and shit. No, man, it was fucking two weeks of solitary confinement. Full isolation. (laughs) Dude. Yeah. Couldn't leave the fucking room. Like it was a shit show, but (laughs) in hindsight, dude, it was actually really fucking good for me to like, just sit there and be with my, my thoughts and, You know what I mean? Just kind of fucking work on myself there for that two weeks. And uh, by the time I got out, man, I was so fucking excited to train. And, and, you know, Zombie and his wife are just so amazing. Their whole team is just – they're just such good people, you know what I mean? So being around those guys for the last two months has just been – has been a real real pleasure as well.
0: Oh, that's super fucking cool, dude. I'm really glad I included that question because in no way – that I, did I think we were going to be talking like firsthand about the Korean zombie in this conversation. So look, look where this thing has taken. The and I'm all for it, dude. I'm really oh. glad I came up with that one. Um, Hell oh. oh, yes. Yeah, brother. Do we, uh, do we have any idea when, where, why, and how we might be able to see you back in the cage, dude?
4: No. So yeah, it's kind of fucking like a toss up. I'm still signed. I'm signed with the PFL currently. Um, and so like, you know, I, I as far as like getting fights, it's, it's kind of depending on when they start the next season up for 2021 and that could be April or may. Um, but you know, like, especially after the fucking momentum I had last year, like it's really a fucking bitch to have to sit out a whole year. So I was hoping maybe, uh, Japan will open up the, uh, visa restrictions and they'll allow foreign fighters to come in there and, maybe just maybe i'll uh i'll get the the go-ahead from pfl to get to let me have one fight on that new year's eve card for rising um and then i'll just go over there kick, pick up another win pick up some paychecks and uh be ready to go for 2021 with uh the pfl and fresh off a win
0: the world famous rising new year's eve card which is always a fucking banger dude and i'm i yeah I, i'm really excited that I, I hope you can get on that as well So speaking of Japan, dude, you've spent a lot of time in Japan over the past few years. Um, I know it's it's an interesting cuisine for those of us from the here, from the from the West, you know, who have never been over there before. What are some of the most interesting things you've been able to uh, eat when you've been over there in Japan?
4: Dude, so there's only been one thing in my life that I've that I've eaten and I would never eat again. And it was this called it was like a, a green egg. So what it is, it's a fucking chicken egg that that's kind of partially they let develop in in the egg and then they they crack the egg and and put it in a brine and let it fucking age for i don't know however many years right uh, it's, oh it's no fucking, so, so they took that and sliced it in slices and like little thin slices and put it on top of like a sushi roll uh-huh. and uh man that shit was fucking foul that foul tasted like, tasted like rotten <laughs> dead tasted like death exactly what it sounds like so uh but hey i tried it you know what i mean i tried it despite the smell despite the look i tried it and yeah you're, I never... a,
0: you're a brave man dude for i dated a girl who was filipino for a long time they have a they have a similar sort of thing called balut, which is a duck egg, which they let develop into kind of like a sort of a duck. You know what I mean? And you crack it open, Yeah. And you put vinegar on it. I was, oh, bro. I tried it. And that was not even aged or fermented like what you had to deal with. So good on you for, for having the balls to try that, man, man. Uh, so post-fight. So we talk, we talked about that a little bit earlier when we were uh, chit-chatting. Post-fight, dude, what what does Hollywood turn into, man? What do you, what do you propose or you think you're going to do? Uh, once you actually do decide to put the gloves in the middle of the cage for the last time,
4: man, you know what? Like, uh, uh, promoting MMA has always been my passion. You know I mean? I bought a company back in 2016, um, kind of fucking had to deal with a bunch of legal shit that wasn't even, you know, that I inherited when I bought the company and uh, I just fucking kind of put it on the back burner, you know, it's, it was too much stress for me to do that and also be a fighter. So, right. you know, once I'm done fighting, I think I'm going to, I'm really going to invest in that doing that full time. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll, honestly, like I really like doing like, like protecting the people I love, you know what I mean? And like protecting my community. So I really thought about maybe getting into law enforcement, law well. enforcement.
0: Yeah. So law enforcement would be something that's amazing. I know there's a lot of guys who have, uh, who not only treat not only teach like different tactical maneuvers or hand-to-hand close quarters combat with other law enforcement officers, but um, have been involved with military and other sorts of things to try to help those guys. Uh learn different ways of of policing and of uh being in the military. So that would be a natural connection, you know. I mean there's a lot of people I think who've been involved in law enforcement. I could definitely see that for you. Um, they wouldn't know looking at you being like you're a regular size guy walking down the street, they wouldn't know (laughs) what they were messing with. if (laughs) (laughs) If they were like fuck this guy, I'm gonna fucking take care of him. They would be choked out real fucking quick. Um, exactly. so one, yeah, dude, one last quick question. Uh, we actually have already careened through, but we, we, we rocked through it pretty fast. So I definitely always write a couple bonus questions. So for me in studying, cause I've seen you fight plenty of times, Johnny, but for me, one of the, the, the aspects of your fighting repertoire of your arsenal is your incredible takedown defense. Now, if anybody watches five, uh, Johnny case fights, they're going to see dozens of doubles or guys attempting to take you down with singles and shooting in on you. It almost never, ever works. Do you think that came from the wrestling background growing up? Or was that something you think you more developed later when you were training in your MMA uh, styles?
4: I, You know, honestly, like I was never – a real good wrestler you know i mean i was kind of like i got like second place you know more than more than anything like so i was like a second place guy you know what i mean i, I, yeah. I was by, by the time i was like my junior senior year i started winning more tournaments and stuff like that but um you know honestly like i didn't really get as in, as good as a wrestler until i started fighting you know and started doing mma wrestling so it definitely developed as i, I started learning kickboxing and boxing and footwork and moving my feet more is what it, what it came down to ultimately Dude, you make it look easy.
0: Like, you know, it's one of those situations where it's like, <laughs> like you remember how Chuck Liddell, would, people would just try to take him down and it just never would work. That's yeah, kind of totally. that's kind of how I was thinking when I watched you. I'm like, I, I think somebody who's like a, like we call, we joke we call people casuals people who just watch like the the pay per views and like the big you know whatever. We joke sure, about sure. casuals, but I think if a casual watch you like if he can do that, why doesn't everybody just do that? Why does everybody, <laughs> do, everybody just just shuck him off when they try to take his <laughs> seconds? Like, I mean, look at that guy, he does it easy. It's like fucking so funny. Um,
4: well, I, well, I appreciate you saying that, man. Really, oh, like, dude, I I, I really tell the good.
0: truth. I tell the truth, man. I say it how it is. So, uh, bro, we have actually careened our way all the way through 10 rounds with Rhino. And I got to let you know, Johnny, I so super appreciate it. I know your schedule is crazy busy. And I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time out to be on Combat Sports with Rhino tonight.
4: Fuck yeah, man. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. This is Johnny Hollywood Case. And I just went 10 rounds with Rhino.
0: Oh, dude, how cool was Johnny Case, bro? He was so engaging and so fun. I, you know, I love to... Uh, i love to have somebody on who really is enjoying the process, and he absolutely was. What a great guy. Absolutely check out uh, Johnny Hollywood Case, not only on Twitter but on Instagram. Um, I can't wait to see him fight in the PFL next time he gets in there. So, so cool. Huge fan for life over here uh, at CSWR from my man Johnny Case. So I definitely have to thank this week's contributors. We got Big Brat from MMA, Brad MMA, I should say. Scott Nolan, Dave Fretz. Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast, Gina from the Woe Slash Shots Fire pod, Shaylin, Jim Asun. thank you guys so much for writing and calling in. It makes the show so much better and more fun. I really, really appreciate it. Shout out to some other members of the Rhino game. My girl Molly at Hells underscore Bells 99. Check out her blog, um, which is afterthebell.wordpress.com if you want to talk about if you want to hear her or read her talk about uh, pro wrestling and, and love and mental health, all sorts of very cool stuff, definitely check out Molly at hells underscore bells 99 and check out her blog. Super duper cool. My girl, Kat, big, big smooches for you. APB, Sin City, Sarah, Trouble, Mike and Kairos. Thank you guys so much. The homies from the MCCI, Ashley, the MMA nerd, Miss Fight Diva, the homie D-Krons. My dude in the boxing world, Marquise from Week Sauce Radio. What a great writer, what a great dude. Love that guy, man. Uh, all the both the ladies from the TKO pod, Chelsea Delilah, Pokemama, both Pamela's, the homie mixed a man who is on his great uh great tour of the United States right now. Love checking in with you, my dude Ryan, my girl Lantha Brown, and then of course, my triple Ds, Drea, D Reigns, Dave Fretz. Oh, the show would not be anything without you guys. You are the backbone. I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you. I'm so stoked for next weekend, dude. Lomachenko versus Lopez next Saturday. Uh, Fight Island 6. So much going on. I'm super stoked. Let's all stay safe out there. Be kind to one another, everybody. It's a tough world out there. We need our help. We need to rely on our friends. Black lives matter. And we will see you next week. Cage Signs!